Have you ever heard the recent aphorism, your vibe attracts your tribe? Well, today we're going to be talking about how to find your tribe, the people who really get you. And the key to that is, it all starts with you. In this episode, we're going to explore how you can build a better you so that you can attract and keep better quality people into your life. So the topic of how to find your tribe and how to attract your people into your life is a really interesting topic because if you've ever been in a toxic marriage or a toxic relationship like I have, and you've really started to work on healing those wounds from those relationships, at some point you end up realizing that your other relationships might not be healthy either, <laughs> right? So you begin to really look to see whether or not there is an imbalance that exists in your friendships too. And the reason for that imbalance usually exists because you're a giver, you're a really good person and you want to make people happy, but maybe you're trying to be a people pleaser and maybe you're just giving too much and they're taking and taking and taking. And so it's really good at one, at some point during the healing process to reevaluate the friendships that you have and start cutting out the excess and making room to build new friendships and relationships. And that's really the first step is self-awareness. And that self-awareness is where that potential of finding that imbalance is. So just understanding what you are like in that friendship relationship dynamic. Because there's a dance that occurs in all relationships, whether it be family members, um, romantic relationships, or friendships. And you want to make sure that that dance is as healthy as possible. And it's not a continual cycle of you giving and them taking or whatever the, the situation is, but you want it to be a healthy one, right? So that's the first step is to become aware of that imbalance and where that imbalance is stemming from. And then you want to start to work on yourself to balance those energies out and to build on your foundation of who you are. And we're going to talk about that. And then after that, once you've gone through that process, you can then reevaluate your all your other relationships, including your friendships in your life, and then start thinking about what you do want to attract in your life. So I'd also like to mention that if you haven't watched the last or listened to the last episode, which was the um, post-divorce or post-breakup episode on why it's okay to be alone, I'd encourage you to listen to that because that's actually lending into this discussion as well. Everything we cover off on there is, is building some really good knowledge to bring into this discussion as well because a lot of it is all about relationships, right? And all about yourself and knowing yourself. So yeah, that would carry over into the second point I'd like to make is to continue to heal and work on yourself. 
And what I mean by that is spending time to rebuild or build for that matter, your self-worth and your self-esteem. And you can do that in a number of ways, but you should really be focusing on taking time for self-care. And when you're thinking about the things to do for self-care, what you really want to focus in on are finding the things that bring you joy. And you might already know what that is, a couple things and build on that, but you might not have any idea what that is because you literally have not felt joy or happiness in your life in a long time. So you're going to want to start to try new things out and different things. So, you know, it might be something like painting or it could be something like cycling or hiking. I know a lot of people say, oh, my kids give me joy. And that's great, but your kids is something that should be separate from your own self-care too because you deserve time for yourself and alone time to build on you, not just you and your kids, right? So carving out whatever time in your busy schedules you can to do things that bring you joy. And if you're a really busy mom and you don't have a lot of time, it could be literally as simple as painting your nails. It could be literally as simple as taking a bath for 20 minutes where no one is allowed to walk on the, uh, knock on the door or walk in on you, right? It can be as simple as that, or it can be as something as, um, taking a drive down to the beach and sitting by the ocean and reading your favorite book on poetry. It can be anything like that. And I would encourage you to explore a bunch of different things. For me, sometimes I like going on impromptu road trips with myself or or whoever wants to join me. But, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was a beautiful weekend and I live on an absolutely gorgeous island um, on Vancouver Island in Victoria. And so I decided one day to drive up the island to one of the little wineries that I like to go to. And so I opened up the sunroof and blasted some, some of my favorite music and took me about, I don't know, half an hour to drive there, went to the store, bought my favorite bottle of wine, came back, drove down to the beach, had a little bit of the wine, um, then drove back home. And you know what? I came back and I came back to do some work actually. And I felt happy. I felt fulfilled. I felt like it was soul nourishing time well spent on me. So that's the best thing that you can do for yourself is invest in some time in discovering the things that bring you joy. And from there, the third point is to love yourself. And you can really only love yourself if you do spend that time investing in self-care and nurturing yourself and cultivating things that you enjoy doing. But from there, you can really own in on what it is that you, what your soul's purpose is. And what I mean by that is, Once you start exploring the things that bring you joy, you can find from there 
what your unique gift is. So for me, one of the things that um, I know I bring to the table and that brings me joy is I, I like to share my knowledge to people and do presentations. So with my job, I do presentations, well, pretty much every day. And what I found was I really captivate people's attention by doing that. And so this is a gift that I know is unique to me. And I can share that that in many different ways with other people and with the world. So it's really just um, knowing yourself and be able to figure out, okay, this can lead to my soul's purpose. And if nothing else, it does bring me joy. It does bring me happiness. And once you begin to share that unique special gift with the world, what you will find is that you'll see some friends will be really excited about that unique gift that you begin to share with the world. And then other people will be critical. And some people will be so critical, you'll be shocked by it. You'll be surprised. They'll say, oh, you know, I know a lot of people who do just that. And, oh, they don't make any money on it. And, oh, I don't know why you're wasting your time with that. That's so overdone. You know, they'll throw all of these things out out at you. And you have to realize that those people are probably projecting things from their own insecurities onto you. But the biggest thing you want to know from that is you need to distance yourself from those critical people and you stay very far away from them because they are not going to be um, helping you love yourself <laughs> um, at all, actually. And there's plenty of people in this world who will be happy to criticize you. So why would you want to surround yourself with so-called friends who will also be happy to contribute to criticizing you and preventing you from realizing your own self-worth and realizing what your sole purpose may be on this earth, right? So the next thing is I would encourage you to self-evaluate. And to really understand what your values are so that you can be, become strong in your boundaries. This is a really important point because I've discovered that in all of my relationships, what I really, really value um, is reciprocity and mutuality. And so what I always think about, what I always consider is, Am I always the one offering to do things for the other person? Or are, are they also offering to do things for me, right? That, that's a bit of reciprocity. That's the mutuality. I don't want to just be giving and them taking. There has to be, and not just with words, but also with actions. Do they say what they mean? Do they deliver on what they're saying? Is there that reciprocity? Because I know when I say things, I also will absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, be doing them. There's no flakiness here. And I expect that with people that I keep in my circle as well. And that's my value. And that's also a boundary. 
And the other thing I look for with regards to this is, do they take a sincere interest in me and my life? Or do they really just ask how you are just to be polite? Just so that then they can go on and talk about themselves, because that's going to be pretty clear. Just watch. As soon as you start to talk about yourself, that you're gonna, they're gonna start getting fidgeting, kind of looking away, kind of, kind of paying attention, nodding their heads, but you know they are not engaged. They don't have that eye contact. They don't. You just know that their mind's somewhere else, but yet they're smiling and nodding, but they're not really paying attention. Maybe they're looking at their phone or whatever. They're, but bottom line is, they're not taking a sincere interest in me and my life. And with those people that I have found in the past that I'm quick to kind of just brush over my stuff or not even talk about my stuff and just immediately, oh, and how are you? How are things going with you? What happened with that situation you told me from the other day? So again, for me, reciprocity and mutuality important, but those are the things that you have to see in yourself what's important to you. Another thing for me is compassion and empathy. So if I'm going through a hard time, are my friend, this friend or friends, are they being considerate of that? Do they listen, like truly listen? And can they empathize? Or are they quick to change the topic? Or worse, do they even criticize me for talking about the hard times I'm going through or the struggles that I'm, I'm encountering, because those are the people then that you're going to put a wall up with, right? It's a natural defense mechanism to put a wall up, stop talking about it, shut down. Well, guess what? Those aren't your people then. Those aren't your true friends. Those aren't the people you should be hanging out with. Because really, you should not feel like you need to have a wall up. So you need to see that and you need to realize that, guess what? I value compassion. I value empathy. I should be able to talk about things that I'm human. I'm living a human experience. I'm going to encounter struggle and that's okay. And I should be able to talk about it with my friends. And that should be a boundary. So the next step that you could take at this point would be now you're ready to evaluate the friendships because now you have a solid foundation in place, right? You know your self-worth, you love yourself, you know what you're contributing to the world, your unique gifts, all the other things that make you special and unique. And you also know what your values are and your boundaries and you're very clear on that so you can enforce them. And now you're ready to take the evaluation of your existent friendships or relationships for that matter. And there's a very simple test with this for this, but I will use the caveat of it's simple, but you have to take the approach of being brutally self-honest. And what I mean by that is you need to ask yourself with making any excuses for the other person. This is something that I know I've done in the past. Oh, you know, so-and-so is going through a rough time. They're probably just not being themselves. 
oh, you know, it's just a rough patch. And yeah, but you know what? At the end of the day, what matters is not what that other person is going through, but how I'm feeling in that dynamic as well, right? Because like it or not, if you're in, in a friendship with that person or any kind of relationship for that matter, yes, you can give some allowances, but at some point you do have to recognize patterns. You do have to consider your values, your boundaries, and what's important to you and how that makes you feel. So you're going to have to ask yourself without making those excuses for the other person, just erase that part out of it and start asking, okay, how does this person make me feel? Does this person create chaos or calm in my life? And if they create external chaos, it's going to be obvious because they're, well, you're going to have a lot of chaos in your life. You're going to, there's going to be situations that arise. Oh, you know, um, suddenly they're mad at you for this, or suddenly you're in a fight about this, or suddenly they're, I don't know what would be a good example, but I think you get the meaning, right? It's, it's the situations that it's just constant and it makes you feel like, you, this person just, no matter when you come around them, there's some sort of hell going on around them, right? So that's the external chaos I'm referring to. But even more important, and the part that I think a lot of people just skip over, even if there's not external chaos, is their internal chaos. And what I mean by that is, how do I feel when I'm around them? And you really have to think about that and become become cognizant of it. Do I feel like I have to have a wall up? So am I guarded with them? Am I careful about what I say to them? Do I kind of edit my responses to them? Because I don't think they can really handle me saying the truth and being honest. Can I be myself? Do I feel safe in saying what I really think and feel? Because if you do not feel safe, I'm going to tell you right now, there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is that that's your soul, your gut, your intuition, whatever word you want to use. It's telling you that you are out of alignment with your truth. And that in itself is going to create a form of chaos within you. So the feelings that you're going to get is just an unsettled feeling, a feeling of just not feeling good. And and in some ways, it might be an indescribable feeling, but you'll know it just feels a little off. And so those are the kind of things that you want to take note of, because if your friends are creating external chaos or internal chaos, then they're not really your friends. And that's how you're going to test it. So then the next step, the sixth step in this process that I'd like you to consider, I'd refer to this is cutting out the bullshit, or as I like to say, the fuckery. And how you're going to do that is, well, you really have two options. You're either going to go no contact with them completely, 
or you're going to become less accessible. And I would encourage going no contact with those really toxic people, the people who create nothing but external conflict, well, even the internal conflict, if there's a lot of drama around those people, if you can go no contact, that's the best. But if you can't, then we're going to talk about how to, um, well, just becoming not as accessible to them. So the first thing is, if you go non, no, decide to go no contact, you're going to have to cut them loose in all ways, like no exception here. You're going to have to block them on your phone. You're going to block them on social media. And you're not going to feel bad about it. And why are you not going to feel bad about it? Because you are responsible for you. You've got your boundaries in place. You know what your values are. You love yourself. You value yourself. You know your own self-worth. You've got those um, strong foundation of you in place. And you know that that person is creating chaos in your life in whatever form it's taking. And that person, therefore, can no longer play a part in your life. So you're going to go no contact with them. And they are responsible for how they feel about that, not you. The second thing is, is that um, the second option would be, like I mentioned, become less accessible to them. So there will be certain instances where you do have to have some semblance of a relationship with them. Like maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe, maybe it's your ex. But whatever it is, if you feel like you just cannot go no contact with them, with those certain people, you are going to have very clear and reinforceable boundaries. And there is no exception to that. You're going to have to be really strong. And I would actually say that this might be even tougher than the first option of going no contact. Because no contact, you don't have to deal with it, right? You just let it go. You've blocked them. You, you won't ever talk to them again, probably. But with this allow, allowing to be still in their lives, but having less access to you, you are going to have to be really strong with this one. And when you initiate either of these two things, going no contact or becoming less accessible, you can rest assured that you can expect one of these two things to happen. The first thing is nothing. You might experience nothing. There might just be silence. And the reason for that is because you are the good time friend. You are the friend they had easy access to, um, didn't have to put much effort into it, didn't really have to work too hard, they won't really make any effort to get back into your life because they'll sense that you've changed and you now have boundaries and you are stronger and they'll just go away. And you know what? That's the best case scenario. Be happy if they do that because that's a win on your part. You just lost the lint. <laughs> that was the first word that came to my mind, but you just lost the, the dirt, right? You're just going to sweep out that dirt and it's gone. But the second way that um, what can happen once you initiate either two of those steps is they can retaliate. And 
they're going to retaliate either overtly, which you're going to notice that you're going to see it, or they're going to do it passively. So you're really going to have to be clearly aware of this and cognizant of this because it's just as potent and maybe even a little bit more harmful than the first one. So you're going to be, have to cl be clear on this so that you can reinforce your boundaries. Okay. So these individuals are the people who are the big takers in your life and they're going to be hit hard by not being able to have as much access to you anymore because you gave them things that they became dependent on and they didn't have to do too much in return. So it was good for them. They liked it. And you're no longer their doormat. So in order for them to try to regain that sense of control, they're going to try to manipulate you. And they're going to try to manipulate you likely through triangulation. So they're either going to use friends to do that. So they'll turn some people passively against you. So talk about behind your back, um, gonna, they're going to use some gossip um, to hurt you, things like that. Or in the case of maybe dealing with an ex, they might use kids to manipulate. And that usually takes place if they're doing it passively in the form of guilt, right? So do this for the kids. Do this, but it's for the kids. So you're going to want to really be clear on these types of situations that will undoubtedly happen once you start distancing yourself from these kinds of relationships and friendships um, and, and just be aware that they're going to take many different tactics to try to gain some semblance of control again. And really it just comes down to because they know that you are no longer allowing free access to your energy and they can no longer take, take, take. So the biggest thing I want you to remember is that do not react to this because I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to feel triggered when they use some of these triangulation tactics, especially triangulation tactics, especially you're going to feel triggered. But the biggest thing is, is that that's really just the universe showing you that there's still some healing to do in that area of your life. And that's fine because you are on the right path and you are healing. And remember, healing is a journey, right? And it's not linear. So um, some days you'll be less triggered than others and that's okay. But just recognize it and see it for what it is and then go back to reinforcing your boundaries, reinforcing your boundaries, and not being, not allowing yourself to get caught up in, um, well, their chaos, which is why you're cutting them out of their life or limiting their access to you, right? So that's it for that. And now you can move on to start finding new friendships, so once you've worked on yourself and you've built a solid foundation in you and you have strong self-esteem, strong self-worth, and you love yourself and you can see what you contribute to relationships and friendships, now you're be beginning to feel some semblance of wholeness within you. 
And, you know, after you've um, dealt with the bullshit and cut out the fuckery, you might be left with no friends. It's, it's very possible that you could, at the end of the day, be standing there left alone. But I'm going to tell you, do not be afraid by that. And in fact, be happy because you've just cleared out all the crap because now you can let the good start stuff start coming into your life. And this is exactly what's going to happen because you've built that strong foundation within yourself and now there's no other choice but a, but to attract the start attracting that good stuff in so and and really that all starts with just having one friend and building one new friendship and then from there it, it just expands right so you might meet that person say you're really into painting and you've decided that you're going to start taking a painting class you may meet some people there that you start finding that there's commonalities and, and that grows from there. Or you may take a two-day retreat with um, on spirituality where you're definitely going to meet, meet some like-minded people. So just, I think the take-home point there is just being open and stay in that state of allowing. And I kind of like to think of it like there was this movie way back when called Field of Dreams, build it and they will come. And that's really how I think of it when I'm attracting my tribe into my life because I've built myself a really strong foundation in who I am as a person. And little by little, I start meeting new people. I'm staying open. I'm in a state of allowing and I'm allowing those good people to find me because that's exactly it. They are going to find you. So then at that point, once you start meeting these people, you're going to want to start to build and to cultivate new friendships. And this is something I really want you to just take your time with, to not rush because you know what? Trust takes time and trust is really important in any relationship any friendship, it's ultimately what will build that foundation between you. So take your time getting to know that person. Communicate with them too. That's really important to build that foundation of trust is communicating very clearly what your needs and wants are. So even for friendship, say you're having a hard day and you really need to talk to your friend you can text her and say, hey, you know what? I really need to talk right now. I had a really busy day. Um, but it's nothing emergent, it, but it's urgent. If I can talk to you within the next six hours, great. And then at that point, that person will say, yep, no problem. I've got my lunch break in two hours. Is it okay if I call you then? Yep, perfect. Great. There you go. You're clearly communicating. And you've also built that element of trust that they know you are going to clearly communicate what your needs are to them. And they will in turn should be doing that to you as well. So you're going to give them a little bit, little bit by little bit. You're going to see what you get back in return and slowly build on that trust and communicate clearly what your needs are. But ultimately, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be trusting your intuition. 
And you're going to ask yourself and continue to ask yourself, how do I feel when I'm around this person? Can I be myself? Or do I have to feel guarded? And if I feel guarded, why do I feel guarded, right? This is part of knowing what your needs are, right? Because you're constantly going to be building on that and clarifying on that. So trusting your intuition and going within. And when you do that and you're staying open with your strong sense of self-worth, values, and boundaries, there are, you're going to find that there is just simply no need for walls or self-protection because you will, one by one, little by little, surround yourself with your people, your tribe. And those are the people that you'll be able to be yourself around. And you'll be able to let your weird flag fly, as they say. (laughs) Because ultimately, that's what you deserve. You deserve people who are loving and accepting of you for you, right? So with those eight points, I will leave you at that and say that I hope you learned something from that. I know that this is something of a journey that we're all learning from day by day. I'm certainly no exception to that. So I may have missed a few points. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I know that this is where my journey has led me and how I've been able to attract my tribe in my life. And I know it's given me a big sense of joy.